Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Well, that was a twist. You know, I remember saying to somebody one time, if we can't be real in church, then I'm not sure why we go. And uh, that's just what I'm feeling this morning. So this could be a messy message, but uh, one thing that's great about family is I'm pretty sure you guys will still love me if, if it's real messy. So, so um, last week we talked about powerful connection and how we're designed for connection, how we need connection. And um, how many of, well, okay, don't raise your hands. I'm just going to say I hope that you guys have been co- more conscious of the practical ways that we can connect um, with each other. And I've heard a lot of feedback about how um, those things um, stuck out and people were noticing different, different aspects last week. Uh, and last week I, I shared how the word practical means not just the idea or the theory of something, but the actual doing of it. And so um, that, to me, is the gospel it's not just an idea. It's not just a theory. It's the actual doing. It's the actual breathing of who God is inside of us. Because um, when he created us, when he breathed life into the earth, that life is still flowing through us. It's still flowing throughout the earth. It's still holding us together. It's still holding creation together. And so everything that we do on this earth, everything that we do in life is just a response to that life that he spoke out. It's, it's doing life with him. It's not just, okay, he dropped us here on earth, and now one day we'll get to spend time with him in heaven. No, he came to experience humanity with us, as us, for us. The word says that he's not unfamiliar with our humanity, but he, he was in all points tested just as we are. Therefore, we can come boldly before the throne room of grace. So we can be real with him. And so this morning, with that um, vulnerability that was already spoken of, my message is not about vulnerability today, but um, it, it is incorporated because it's about being real It's about being open with each other, with the Lord. And everybody's at a different level at this. Um, It's not like you have to come into church and all of a sudden you're expected to just lay completely vulnerable. Um, That would not be a wise thing to do just in general. But the more we become um, open and uh, able to live that life with God, the more we're going to see how... um, He's not afraid of our mess. He's not afraid of our stuff. And the more we're in a safe place, we can let that out with with each other. So today we're going to talk about, um, last week we talked about our connection with each other. Two weeks from now, we're going to talk about how we relate to the other person because every connection has to have at least two sides, right? So in a couple weeks, we're going to talk about the other side. Today, we're going to talk about the me side. So everybody raise your hand. Say, she's talking about me. Okay, because I'm not going to be a good connector with you if I don't know what's happening inside of me. And so that's a part we a lot of times skip, and we're going to talk about that today. So we're going to talk about self-awareness. Can anybody guess what it means to be self-aware? 
To be aware of yourself. Very good. It's not deep. It was not a trick question. To be self-aware means to be aware of ourselves. Yes. So why is this important? Um, a lot of us know the scripture. Um, it's Pastor Joel's favorite scripture to preach. Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the, the issues of life. Um, in the Passion Translation, um, it says, So above all, guard the affections of your heart, including your thoughts, your will, and your discernment, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. So basically, what's happening inside affects everything. It affects every part of us. And so um, don't you think that would, that would mean it would be important for us to know what's happening inside? Okay, again, I want to just reiterate, this does not mean we have to lay everything out there and just weep before one another because I, it's like I can feel some people just get like, what is she talking about? I'm not ready to go there. I'm not ready to, to be so vulnerable. Um, so it's not about that. It's about um, knowing what is happening inside of me first and then growing in freedom because guess what? We get permission to grow. We have permission to practice step by step, but day by day, moment by moment, connection by connection, we get to work this out. And it, um, this morning in worship, I was um, thinking of the verse, actually it was pre-service, um, where it says, perfect love casts out fear, and fear carries uh, the connotation of, of punishment. And so sometimes I think we're afraid, especially as Christians, especially in religion, we get afraid that if there's something wrong inside of us, if we're experiencing something negative, then there's a fear that either there's something wrong with me, I have to hide from God because he's punishing me, or there's just some kind of, of uh, feeling of punishment. But perfect love casts out fear. And so that feeling of if there's something going on inside of me, that means there's something wrong, and there's something that's being judged in me, that fear of punishment has to go in the midst of perfect love. To me, that's a very practical, encouraging verse because we get to practice. It's right in the word practical. Well, not fully, but it's close. Practice. So um, God didn't make us robots or machines. I'm excited about that because I don't like being told what to do. And so if I was a robot or a machine and just was like, okay, I have to do whatever. That would not, that, to me, that makes me angry. <laughs> like the thought of that, because I like to make my own decisions. And guess what? We can. We get to, because he made us people. He made us thinking, choosing, feeling, believing people, not set on autopilot, not just going through the motions, not just the Bible tells me so, and so I have to do this, this, and this. No, we get to think, feel, and choose with him, him as a part of who we are, but also we're in relationship with him. He's not just a part of us so that he can control us, so that he can dictate every move that we make. No, he's in relationship and connection with us so he can work it out with us. So um, he has given us the powerful responsibility to manage ourselves. Have you ever seen the show Undercover Boss? It's, I don't even know if it's on anymore. But basically the premise is like a CEO or an executive comes into the business and uh, comes into their company in disguise and goes into like the lower levels of the business, the more operational end of things, just to see how the business is functioning. Because if you are a boss, if you're an executive, you're not going to be able to be a great manager boss of that company if you don't know what's going on in every level of that company, right? 
So it's the same of us. If I don't know what's happening inside of me, I'm not going to be a very good manager of me because I'm not aware of what's going on. And so um, what we, what's going on inside of us affects every part of who we are. So we want to be aware of what's going on inside of us, right? This affects me first because it's inside of me, but it also affects our relationships. And a lot of times, our, um, I, I preached a message a while ago, and uh, I said, you know, where, where do most of our problems come from in life? What we would normally say is, well, it's other people. Other people cause me the most problems in life, right? But most of the time, it's something going on inside of me that is not checked, and therefore, I project my problems onto you. Well, this is always going to cause issues in your relationships because that person is now dealing with your problems that you're pushing onto them and making it their problems, which is going to cause problems in your relationship and your connection. So I want to watch a quick, we're going to play a quick video. If you're watching or listening, um, look up Brene Brown on Blame on YouTube, and you can watch along with it. But this is just real short. I forgot to warn you about the curse word, but I thought y'all can handle it. Okay. <laughs> oh, Steve, that's her husband. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I always got Katie did it, so. Yeah, we don't need to keep that going, though. Okay, so um, that video talks a lot about empathy and our relationships with each other, but my main point in that is where she says blame is actually the discharge of discomfort and pain. So it it's, looks like blame, and it causes a lot of problems, but what is the actual issue? It's, there's discomfort and pain going on inside of me, and it's the way that it comes out of me. So if I don't know what's happening inside of me, blame, whatever it looks like. It could look like a great number of things, but it's going to affect my relationships with other people. It's going to affect my life because there is an, an issue that is undealt with inside of me. And so a lot of times we treat, each, we treat ourselves like we treat the fridge. And I don't know if maybe you're not like this, but it's always for some reason been my job to clean out the fridge and I've never liked it. But um, I grew up in a house with a lot of people in it. And so how many of you are familiar with the unnamed butter dish? <laughs> so a lot happens in a fridge, and you don't know what all is happening inside of there. But what you train yourself to do is you have something, I need a sandwich, so I'm going in for cheese, and I'm getting out of there. And so you open the door with laser focus, and you're searching for the cheese, right? You grab the cheese, you close the door real quick. Because you don't want to know what else is happening in there. Because if you're the one who owns up to the smell that's happening, then you have to clean it up, right? If you're the one who, to notice, to crack the seal on that one unnamed butter dish, black beans, man. Black beans smell like the worst. You don't want to know what's going on in there. And so what do you do? You go in, you grab what you need, you close the door real quick. And that's what we do to ourselves a lot of times is we, okay, I need something. So I'm going to reach in, I'm going to grab what I need, and I don't want to know what else is happening in there. And this all is happening subconsciously. It's not like we have these major issues that we're aware, like we know, sometimes we do know something's going on and we just don't want to deal with it. But a lot of times there's just stuff we just don't check on. And it's sitting in there in an unnamed compartment and it's getting funky. 
But we just close the door. We, we just get what we need, get out. Now, how many of you have ever gone into the fridge and you needed some milk for your cereal, all excited about your cereal? You go in, you grab the jug of milk, you go open it, pour, it's feeling light. Someone left like a teaspoon of milk in the jug. And now you are very upset because there's no milk for this dream bowl of cereal before you. Stephanie is shaking her head like I know the feeling. So now what do we do when that happens? Usually, we're real mad at whoever put the jug back in empty, right? We get real mad. We blame. We're very upset. No, so inconsiderate. How could you possibly do this to us? And now this is when the frigidity she shifts just a little bit because what we do sometimes is we reach inside of ourselves and we need patience. So we go in, grab for patience real quick, and there's none there. And we ran out. And now what do we do? Why are you making my life miserable? We blame it on somebody else, right? But if I would do an occasional self-check to say, wait, where am I on patience? Where's my patience inventory? And if we actually checked that out and allow, because we were created to be full. We were designed to be full of everything that we need for health. And so that takes partnership. That's not just, remember, we're not set on autopilot. We don't have that fancy like Amazon fridge that just refills everything for us. Like, we have to actually check in and see what am I full of, what am I lacking, what am I empty out of. If there's a symptom happening in my life, if I'm blaming, if I'm making excuses, if I'm angry, if I'm anxious, if something is off inside of me, I was not created to live that way. I was created to be full of everything that I need for health. And so when something like that is happening, I have to say, wait a minute. And this does not have to be, a, sometimes it requires counseling. It doesn't have to be a big thing. The more we do it, the more we can just, okay, adjust. This, I need this. Holy Spirit, fill me up. I need, I need whatever it is. And we can restock. We can do that inventory in our own selves. And then all of those side effects of being empty lessen and lessen and lessen because we're able to, to handle it. And I'm not saying this is not work. It is work, but work is good. We're, it's, it's okay. We, we need to partner with what God is doing, with, with our design, and not just live by default and let whatever is happening around us affect our lives and control our lives, but actually partner with the design that he's given to us. All right. So I'm responsible for what goes in and what comes out of me, not somebody else. So um, so our design, like I just said, sorry, I went off notes, so it's going to go back. So our design is for perfect health. Um, third John one, two says, beloved, I pray that you, yeah, I pray that you may prosper and be in health, uh, in all things, just as your soul prospers. So all three of our, par of those parts, our body, soul, and spirit say, God loves my body. Say, God loves my soul. Say, God loves my spirit. All right. All three of those parts have needs. How many of you know what hangry is? When your body has a need for food and you don't meet that need, it affects the rest of you, right? So if one part, if one need is not being met, I have a need for a connection. My soul has a need for connection. If I live in isolation, that's going to affect every part of my life because my soul has a need that's not being met. So every part of us has a need, has needs that need met. Our bodies need food, water, sleep, you know, rest. Our souls need connection with other people. We need affection, we need love. Our spirits need worship. Our spirits need connect, connection with the Father. Our spirits need faith. 
If any one of those needs is not being met, it's going to affect the rest of who I am. And so it's not just about doing an inventory in my soul. It's about doing an inventory in every part of me. Okay, I'm feeling a side effect happening. Okay, let's just stop for a minute. This doesn't have to take long. Okay, where's the need? Have I slept in the last three days? If not, that might be the need that's affecting all of you. Sleep, you need sleep. We are not robots. We are not machines. That's probably... That's one of my biggest messages. It's like, we have permission to be human. <laughs> we need things, and that is good. That was our design. And we were created, we were designed to be full. So we want to partner with what that design requires and fill those needs up. So I'm getting off again. Okay, so if any one of those, those areas is, is in lack, then we got to stop and say, okay, where's the need? Have I worshipped? If there's a lack there, that's going to affect every part of us. And it's just a matter of stopping, taking inventory, doing those self-checks often. So um, ideally, we want to do the self-checks before the symptoms come, before we're raging or blaming or angry or whatever it is. But it starts with just recognizing, okay, there's a symptom. I'm not going to live by default. I'm going to live by design. I'm going to partner with my design and say, okay, what do I need? And then work with the Holy Spirit, because everything we do is with the Holy Spirit. Work with the Holy Spirit to respond to our designed, created nature in how we're going to move forward. That's going to save us a lot of mess, a lot of, of uh, trouble. All right. So when something is going on where we feel unhealthy, this is, for, this is the first thing to recognize, is that you were created for health. So what is, not, what is a not healthy environment, inner environment feel like? What does it look like? Sometimes we just think it's life, and we just live that way. But actually, if we start to recognize, wait, there's something happening, there's something going on. I remember last week I talked about how, because um, I, I, I'd like to pretend that I'm superwoman and that I can do it all. And so when I start, to, and then I would get really overwhelmed and be like, why is no one helping me? What's wrong with them? And then I would think, wait, did you ever ask anybody for help? No. And so I started, okay, when there's a lot going on, there's a lot on my plate, and I start to feel like, you're the worst person in the world, I can't believe you don't care about anyone else. Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Okay, that's the time for me to do a self-check. Have I asked? No. When I, Danielle's laughing because I do this to her. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yes, it affects our relationship. So I have to stop in that moment and go, okay, something is happening what is it? Okay, I'm overwhelmed. I've been here before. I have not asked for help, and then I asked for help. That's me recognizing my tendency to have that symptom in my life, recognizing it, and now hopefully I do that a little more often where I ask for help, and it has made my life better. It has made probably our relationship better. So it's recognizing those symptoms, and our uh, every, this is going to look different for everybody. So somebody might just get angry really quickly. Somebody might shut down it's going to look different for everybody. but So it's recognizing personally, what are my tendencies to jump in into reaction mode rather than partnering with my design and living in health? So those symptoms, so this could be, uh, I said a couple, anger, shame, blame, insecurity, anxiety, powerlessness, pride, numbness, pain, anything that is not healthy inside of us. That's our warning light. So um, Pastor, you worked on boilers. Did they have like like warning lights if something was wrong? Okay, all right. Some kind of an indicator, a sound. Have you ever like worked on a piece of machinery or, um, or even watched like a cartoon and something's going wrong and it's like, warning, 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 warning. 
lights flash, there's buzzers going off, alarms. Those symptoms in our life are those warnings, something's going wrong here. I need to stop. I need to check the system. And so when we learn to respond to those symptoms, then we can bring things back into alignment. It's a very practical thing to do. We have to just get used to, okay, a couple times a day, set an alarm at first to build this habit. Set a reminder. Okay, I'm just going to stop. I'm going to take 60 seconds and do a check-in. It's a very practical thing to do. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. Okay? So very practical. But sometimes we get real good at just patching up the symptoms. That's why we're talking about it. So um, we just slap some emotional duct tape on there and just keep it moving. Danny knows the power of duct tape, right? Yes. And it can do great wonders. But at some point, if you, okay, so if your check engine light is on in your car and you just put a piece of duct tape over it, so you can't see it anymore, eventually your car is going to fail you because you did not respond to the warning sign, right? So um, we get really good at that, just ignoring it, just, just pretend it's not there. And actually, um, because we were created to have needs, um, our personality, sometimes th some people think, well, we were just born with whatever personality we have, but our actual personality um, scientifically is created because, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but as a child, as a baby, we learn what kind of behavior we need to, to demonstrate to get our needs met. And so if I feel like I need to be strong and assertive and overpowering to get my needs met, then that shapes my personality. If I feel like um, I, I'm, I need to withdraw and hold back and eventually someone will notice, then that's gonna create and shape my personality. So our whole lives, we are doing life to get our needs met. And we don't like what it feels like when we don't have our needs met. And so a lot of times we're experiencing pain and we don't like that. So we'll just shove it down and pretend it's not happening, slap some tape on it, and it'll be all right. But we weren't created to stay there. We were created to actually work through and process those things as powerful people recognizing that I was created for health, something in me is not healthy, and if I just slap some tape on it, that's living by reaction to my environment rather than responding and partnering with my uh, design. So, um, okay, guys, I'm going to step on my soapbox for a minute. Okay, that, that means this message is like a fire in me, so uh, we'll see. But a lot of times we use religion as that tape, to cover up the warning signs. So, now it gets really quiet. So, the apparent, religion is the appearance of good without the realness of relationship. It's a cover-up. So, that's why in the very beginning I said, I have said in the past, if we can't be real in church, what, what's the point? Why are we coming? Because it's a, not about religion. It's not about walking in the door and being a perfect person. It's about relationship. It's about relationship with the Father and relationship with uh, a healthy connectors, connections in our lives. So um, we were never actually created to live in hiding or covering things up. And I'm going to prove it to you. Genesis 2.25. These are just real short. Um, and they both were naked, man, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. That's the way we were created, right? We're familiar with this story. But the moment sin entered into the world, an idea was born that if we're not perfect, we have to hide. Because in Genesis 3.10, it says, 
I was afraid because I was naked, and so I hid myself. So the moment something, the moment sin came in, corrupted the world, corrupted our, our designed environment to be open before God, the moment that sin came in, an idea was born that if I'm not perfect, I have to hide. But that was not the way we were created. We were created to be open before the Lord. We have clothes on now. So if you're thinking we just need to go back to our original design of nakedness, no. No. I could just hear some things. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, we're not going to get distracted. Okay. So we were created to be vulnerable before God and before each other in a healthy environment. And never were we created to hide ourselves, to hide our imperfections. So the lie comes in and convinces us that we have to appear perfect in order to be loved or in order to be accepted, in order to be accepted by other people, to be accepted by God, and in order to make a difference uh, in our world. So if we aren't perfect, how many of you are? Okay, just checking. If we're not perfect, that lie tells us that we better put on a mask and pretend that everything's okay because if, if, if I'm not perfect, I'm not enough. I'm not loved. I'm not making a difference. I'm not able to um, use my contribution because something is wrong with me. But we were never created. Now, how many of you are perfect? None of us. So that must mean that God's okay with us having problems and mess. Does that, I'm, I could preach the whole message on grace, but I'm not going to today. But does that mean we have a license to sin? No. That means God created us human beings. And we get to be human beings and work out our problems without putting on a mask of religion and saying, everything's fine. I'm perfect. I'm great. The Lord is good all the time, right? So, um, yeah, so the lie tells us that we have to walk around like nothing's wrong, and then we feel no pain, and then we have no problems. And then somebody asks, how are you doing? And how do we respond? I'm great. I'm fine. Blessed and highly favored. The Lord is good. <laughs> right? So what we're doing, and then what we do is we do that, and then we go home, and we're frustrated because we're living in anxiety and shame and anger, and we don't realize why am I experiencing this. Why? Because we're putting on a religious face. I feel really creepy when I do that. <laughs> we're putting on that clown face, that religious face, but we're not dealing with what's going on inside of us, and that's not how we were created to live. So that's what happens when we aren't honest with what's happening inside of us. Because sometimes we just don't know. And that's the first step of self-awareness, is getting aware of what is happening inside of me, being aware of myself, right? And then as we grow in that and we get to know, okay, wait a minute, my, my identity, my worth is not based upon my, me having problems, then we become more and more free to open up with other people, other safe people in our world. And then that's going to grow our health. It's going to grow our connections. It's going to grow our ability to release what God has put inside of us to release. Ooh, we're running out of time, guys. Okay. Um, so now... So God is not a cover-up. He's not, it's not a mask. Religion is not a cover-up. We can't just say, um, blessed and highly favored. We can't just put it on. God is good. God is good. God is good. And ignore what's happening inside of us. Now, that is not to say that we don't confess the word of God over our lives. I'm a big believer in doing that. Um, and I don't want to move forward without 
without clarifying this and saying that I do believe sometimes we're not feeling it and we need to speak the word of God over it. But when we're doing that, we are speaking to every part of us to align with what he's saying. We're not just using it as a band-aid to cover up a problem that's going on inside of us. So there have been times where I literally am in such a moment where I'm just saying, I just will tell myself, submit to truth, submit to truth, submit to truth, submit to truth. What am I doing? I'm not just saying, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. I'm saying, no, body, soul, spirit, submit to what you know is true. Submit to what you know is true. And I'm telling myself, partner with your design, not just saying, brush it off, I'm fine. There's a difference. We have to recognize when we're just using that religion, that that reflex of a scripture that comes out of our mouth as a Band-Aid, and when we're actually letting it come in and um, create our memories and affect our lives and speak to who we are, not just cover it up. It's actually healing us instead of just Band-Aiding it, right? Okay, Band-Aiding it is a new word. All right. So, okay, tiny bit of science. When we do that, when we put the word of God on as a Band-Aid, so when, um, when we say um, we're, we're struggling with our finances and we just go, my God shall supply all my needs according to its riches and glory in Christ Jesus, but we live in constant fear and anxiety for our finances. So me just saying that, my God shall supply all my needs according to its riches and glory in Christ Jesus, Just saying that and not actually believing it is actually doing brain damage, physical brain damage in our brain. It's called cognitive dissonance because I'm saying something and I'm believing something different. So it creates confusion in our brains and it actually creates toxic memory. So I'm just saying this is an extra thing um, that we don't just want to spit it out as a reflex. We actually want to speak it over our design and come into alignment with our design. This is not just something I say. This is something that I believe. This is something that is true. And so as I'm working that out, it's actually healing my brain. And so then when I say it, my brain is responding in a healthy way instead of in a toxic way. Okay. For the sake of time, i got to keep moving on. But some people really like that science, so I liked it. That was exciting to me. If you want to, there's a whole message called, uh, well, just look up Dr. Caroline Leaf with Stephen Furtick. She does this whole teaching on it. It's awesome. So homework if you want more of that. But God's not afraid of our humanity, which I've said. He's gifted us with the sweet grace to grow and mature working through what we're experiencing, not just covering it up, not just pretending it's fine, not just slapping a scripture or band-aid over it. Um, This is something we have to practice because guess what? When we said, Jesus, I say yes to you. You can come into my life. I receive salvation. That happens in a moment, but then guess what? We get to walk it out day by day by day by day. It's a relationship with him, not just a, a switch that he flipped when we got saved and said, okay, now you're programmed. We have to work with our design. We have to partner with it. And so I want to play um, another video. This was so good, guys. I was screaming amen. I got real, like, excited in my living room when I saw this. So um, this is by Melissa Helser. If you're watching online, um, the video is called The Power to Overcome Stress by Melissa Helser. All right. Wasn't that good? I just thought she says it way better than I could, and she's funny. So when we hit those moments of tension, those symptoms that come in and we're starting to recognize this is affecting my life, what do we do? We want to cope. So I love that she was like, I wanted to get on Instagram. 
I wanted to scroll through an endless feed of something that doesn't matter and turn my brain off and pretend nothing is happening inside of me. Because we just go into coping mode. Whatever I need to do, whatever that looks like for you, we just like ignore it, don't deal with it, cover it up, go on. But it builds inside of us. And we have to learn when those moments, when we recognize this is what's happening inside of me, it is okay to practice, to work it out, to make a mess, and then clean it up in your own self. If you don't, clean, if you don't deal with it in your own self, you're going to make a mess with other people. And you're going to have to clean that up. <laughs> it's a lot easier to do it inside of yourself. So when those moments happen where, and we, it, it's life. Did you realize, like, this was not like some super spiritual. This was life that she's talking about. When that life moment happens and something's going wrong and it clicks a button and it's like, <gasps> I want to cope, I want to ignore, I want to put a band-aid on it, quote scripture over it. We have to stop with the Holy Spirit because he's in everything. He's not just, I have to go get away in my prayer closet. No, he's in the deep breath. He's in the, <sighs> it's going to be okay. But you're not just saying it to convince yourself of something. You're actually telling yourself, okay, Holy Spirit is here. I'm experiencing something. Let's work through it. So you might be able to work through it in that moment. It might take a few moments, and that's okay, right? So... I want to give some practical ways to slacken um, before we leave. I'll do this quickly. Um, because why? Because it's practical, right? Everything's got to be practical. So when we recognize a symptom, we have to give ourselves slack so that he can be made known, as she said. So don't move over to coping mechanisms. That's only going to perpetuate a toxic cycle inside of your brain and inside of your body. So lean into the grace that he's given us to think, feel, and choose. So don't shut down. Feel it. Think about it. Choose what you're going to do about it. Those are all natural practices that we're doing. So when we lean into that grace, because he's created us a human being, and he loves our humanity, he's created us with that ability to think, feel, and choose. When we stop, invite him in, think, feel, and choose, that's actually leaning on the grace that he's given us to, to grow and mature. Um, something Dar uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf says, and this has been huge for me, uh, this just like kind of shifted my life, but she says, when you go through things, stay in the moment and acknowledge what you are feeling. Recognize that those are real feelings and process them, putting things into perspective. So that is the opposite of coping. It's the opposite of brushing it down. It's okay, wait, now, does that mean you let your feelings take over you? No, you stay in power. Anytime you let the feelings drive, you're going to crash. But when we stay in power, we stay in the driver's seat, and we're, we experience, okay, I'm, I'm experiencing a feeling. That means something is going on. I'm going to process through this. Okay, now I'm going to make a powerful choice. I'm going to move through what I'm experiencing rather than just covering it over. That is going to actually grow us and mature us and um, bring us into perfect health and perfect um, maturity, which we're growing in day by day. Um, now, again, I have a lot of homework I'm giving you guys, but Dr. Leaf talks about freaking out in the love zone. I love this term. Doesn't it sound fun? Freaking out in the love zone. Anytime we get permission to freak out, it seems like a good thing to me. So like actual, you're supposed to do this, not like losing it. So the first step of doing this is to recognize what's happening inside of you. Be self-aware. Several times a day, stop. Do a check-in. Take inventory of what's in your internal fridge. If that helps you to remember, think of yourself as a fridge. If it doesn't, 
Figure out your own analogy. So you stop and you check in with what's going on. Recognize what's happening. Okay, in that moment, if you react in a toxic way, you're going to remain powerless and you're not going to be able to find the solution. And you're literally weakening your brain and your body. And we want to make our bodies work for us, right? Not against us. So the next step, after you've recognized it, is to express what is happening inside, in power. Don't do this in a powerless way. So you do this by talking it out or writing it out. Um, you can do this with just you and the Lord. You can also do this with a, another person. For me, talking it out with another trusted person really, 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 really helps. And sometimes we just want to deal with it ourselves. Remember, I'm the queen of independence. I like to do it myself. But I've recognized for my own health and my own process, when I talk it out with another person, that's what brings me more health and more freedom um, than just doing it by myself all the time. Do I have to get with another person every time? No, we have to do this on our own a lot of the time. But sometimes we do need to bring somebody else into it. And that is okay. Say, that is okay. Okay. So we talk it out or write it out, but we choose to move through it and not just ignore it and not just stay in it and let it take over. So we communicate the situation, but we stay in power. Um, another thing Dr. Leaf says is, as long as something is hidden in the dark, it remains unchanging. But when we get it out, it becomes weak and changeable in the light. It loses its power, and it can now be replaced with truth. So a lot of times, what religion will tell us is, if I say it out of my mouth, I'm agreeing with it. To me, that's a big lie that needs to be debunked. Because just because it comes out of your mouth doesn't mean you're agreeing with it. We talked about that earlier, how we just spout out a scripture, but we don't actually agree with it. So sometimes we think, well, if I, if I express out of my mouth what I'm experiencing, that makes it real. Well, it's already real. It's already happening inside of you. So when you say it out of your mouth, it, then you're, you are powerful to take those words. It's, for me, I picture it like when I speak it out, it becomes physical, and I can hold it in my hand, and I can rework it, which is what you're doing in your brain. You're reworking the memory. So when I communicate, express, in power, in love, what I'm experiencing, I now can say, okay, this is what is happening in my life. Now, what's the powerful thing to do? Okay, I'm going to work through it. This is what's happening. This is what I'm feeling. This is why I'm feeling it. Okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to do about it? With Holy Spirit's help. And it allows us to actually process it. And now when I put it back in, now what I believe is healthy and it's not toxic. So hopefully that makes sense. That was a quick way to do that. But um, again, sometimes we think just by saying it that we're agreeing with it. And that's not true because if you look at Jesus, he's our example. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, what did he do? I can't wait to get on the cross. I can't wait. I, the joy that is set before me. No, he said, I don't want to do this. And he's crying tears of blood. He got it out. And then what? Okay, I was able to get it out in a safe place. He freaked out in the love zone, if you take Dr. Leaf's term. And then he was able to, okay, I'm healthy for the joy that is set before me. I'll endure this. But he got it out. If you look at the Psalms, read the Psalms, guys. David, like, complains. He complains. And it's in the Bible. But what does he do? He complains. He gets it out. And then he says, okay, this is what I believe. This is what's happening. This is what I believe. So it's this process of not hiding it and not shutting it down, not coping, but getting it out, making it changeable in the light. And then, okay, I'm healthy. I'm maturing day by day. Every time I do this, I'm becoming more and more like him. I'm becoming more and more like the, the creation that I was designed to be in perfect health. So I've got to skip the example. 
So don't believe the lie that it has to stay inside of you to deal with it. When you get it out, it loses its power and you can actually, it becomes malleable and you can change it. So when we partner with our God-created design as a powerful and free body, soul, and spirit, we'll reap all the benefits. And I want to read uh, Galatians 5, through 23, and this is in the Passion Translation. This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is the ben- these are the benefits that we'll receive when we live in the, the design, the healthy, full design that we were created to live in. It says, but the harvest produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions, joy that overflows, Peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law or religion or coping above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. That is what we were created to live in. Our perfect design is the fruit of the Spirit, full So anytime we just stop and say, okay, where am I at? Do I have these things? Let's fill up. Let's restock. Then I'm coming back and I'm living the way I was created to live, which, man, is going to make life better. It's going to make life so much better, so much happier, so much healthier. Is life going to be easy or perfect? No, but now we get to partner with our design to stay in power and to live in health. And that is what I want for my life. That's what I want for your life. So... Everybody got that today? All right. That might be one you got to chew on. There was a lot there. And believe it or not, I took out 10 pages of notes. So, all right. And I do want to give some homework, which I've been talking about the whole time because I said I was going to give you homework. Um, it's, it's just what I've been saying throughout the whole message, um, but it is up there. So the easy version um, is to get into the habit of stopping multiple times a day and asking yourself, how am I doing? What do I need? I'm a reminder person. I have to set reminders. So if you're that person, set an alarm. And when that alarm goes off, take 60 seconds, stop, evaluate, restock, do what you need to do. Um, and then when you recognize a symptom, stop and ask the Holy Spirit to help you to understand. Do you, do you hear that it says to help you to understand? Everything in this is a process to understand the source of it and to move through it into solution. This does not just happen overnight. This is something we have to practice. Okay, and if you really want to get advanced, ask a trusted person in your life for feedback. So how am I being received by the world around me? And the reason I put that up there is the advanced homework, even though we were talking about us, is some of us are naturally more inclined towards being self-aware. Some of us need a little help to get us there. So when we ask somebody else, a safe person, everybody say safe person. When we ask a safe person, hey, I just, just wanted to ask you, can you just help me see where, like, how am I coming across? Because you might not recognize that somebody's walking on eggshells around you because you get angry really fast. And you just, that just might be the way you've lived your life. So asking somebody else, they say, I just, just sometimes it's hard for me to say something to you because I'm afraid you're going to get angry. And then what's the last part? Oh, I didn't put it up there. In my notes, it also says, when you ask them, don't get angry at them for, for, for giving you feedback. This is an important part. You can't just ask them because they're never going to do this again if you do that. So this helps us to become more self-aware of what's happening in ourselves and how we're affecting those around us. So 
Father, I thank you for every person in this room, God, that you've created us powerful people. God, you've designed us to be healthy, to be in power, to process, to practice. God, and that your mercies are new every single morning, God. And you are with us. You're in every breath that we take. You're in everything that we do, Father. And we're created to worship. So, Father, in our day-to-day practice, God, we make that an act of worship before you, not because we're perfect, but because we can come before you boldly, because you understand understand our weaknesses because you've been there and because you are with us and in us. So Father, I thank you, God, for the courage to live in health, God, and to live in power. And I bless each one in Jesus' name. Amen.